On June 23rd, the day after our final full day of birding in Alaska, that amazing boat trip through some of the Kenai Fjords National Park, our group spent a few hours birding in Seward before driving back to Anchorage. We started out at a wetlands where we said goodbye to trumpeter swans, snipe, and short-billed and glaucous-winged gulls. We stopped by the feeder where we'd seen sooty fox sparrows and a very uncooperative rufous hummingbird. We saw the sparrows again, but this time the hummingbird was even less cooperative. We were still missing a few species like Pacific wren, so we walked through a lovely wooded neighborhood. No luck on the wren, but we did see another Townsend's warbler, added brown creeper and pine grosbeak for the trip, and watched an extremely cooperative mother moose with twin calves. We also stopped where we'd seen the American Dipper on the 21st. Despite very poor lighting, we were close enough that this time I got my best Dipper photos ever. We all went back to the hotel to pack all our gear, stopped for lunch, and got on the road again, making a few stops en route to Anchorage. We had time for showers and some packing before our last dinner and checklist compilation together. One member of our group flew home that night after dinner. Most people were flying out first thing in the morning, but Russ and I would be taking an evening flight. That gave us plenty of time for leisurely birding on the 24th. After breakfast, we took a nice little path behind the hotel that Eric Brunke had told us about. We didn't see anything new, but watched a singing alder flycatcher and orange-crowned warbler and saw more of the ubiquitous white-crowned sparrows. We also came upon a black-billed magpie in stunning plumage. I had excellent light and clicked photo after photo before realizing the poor thing was missing almost its entire upper bill. It looked like either a congenital deformity or an old injury. I watched it capturing some insects on the ground using its tongue to compensate for the missing bill. I don't know how it was managing to keep its feathers in such pristine order, but I presume its tongue played a role in that, too. I felt sad, but also filled with admiration for the plucky bird who was playing the hand it was given so well. We got back to our room and showered, packed up, checked out, and put our luggage back in the hotel storage room one last time, and then headed back out for a last visit to Lake Hood. We got more lovely looks at the same water birds we'd seen the day before our tour officially began, and since we had plenty of time before our evening flight, got to explore a little further along the lake, taking us to a line of docks people used to get in and out of small seaplanes. That's where we saw a bird we'd missed first time around there, a red-throated loon swimming close to shore.
It didn't seem to mind as we approached closer and closer, getting amazing close-ups. Finally, we reached the dock nearest the bird, and I started walking on it, so focused literally on the bird, my eye firmly against my camera's viewfinder, that I had no clue what was happening when the ground dropped out from under me. The dock I was walking on had a step. I crashed on my knee and hand, and as my camera hit the deck, its lens hood popped off into the water. Oops. Next time I'll tell you how that worked out. Spoiler alert, I apparently survived the fall. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.